0: Hey, it's your friend, Hilary, and welcome to the Bounce Back Better podcast, your weekly dose of inspiration and empowerment. So are you ready to step outside of your comfort zone to challenge the norms and achieve extraordinary things? If you are, you're in the right place. Each week, I'll either unpack stories of other incredible women just like you who dare to dream big and turn those dreams into reality, or I'll have a topic that will leave you wanting to take action. I'm here to fuel your ambition, ignite your passion, and push you to reach the heights you never thought possible. So whether you're climbing the corporate ladder, nurturing a family, or chasing a personal dream, this podcast is your guide to getting you to achieve what it is you want in life. So grab your headphones, take a deep breath, and last go, because we don't just dream it, we have to do it. It's time, ladies, to embrace your power and bounce back better together. Hey, welcome to the podcast. And guess what we're talking today? By the way, I'm your host, Hillary Saxton, for those who don't know me. And this kicked off because of my book, uh, Three Wines In. And if you don't have a copy of that, there's a link in the bottom. It is a fab book. And you need to get yourself a copy because it's all about strategies on how you would live your life if you had three glasses of wine. You know, we have the extra confidence and we do things we don't normally do. Well, let's take that to our real life without having to drink the wine. I'm not saying don't drink wine. I love to drink wine. But we need to live our life just consciously and by doing the things we want and stepping into being the person that we want to be, not the person we wish we were. So today, perfectionism. Perfectionism, it's hard to say really, is like that designer dress. It's the one you splurge on but don't wear. It looks good on the rack, but in real life, it's not practical. When we are perfectionists, we are just not living practically because we set ourselves to aspire to things that are almost impossible or that we can't achieve. So why do we do it? Why do we fall into that trap of perfectionism? And while I'm on the dress, I mentioned it's like a designer dress. I'm wearing a designer dress today. I kid you not, it is over 20 years old. I'm thinking over 25 years old. I wore it to my sister's wedding. I remember buying it and paying $499 at the time or $490, something like that. And the fact that I'm wearing that today is just oh what is the word i'm after it's, it proves that i'm a classical dresser because how cool is it that it's it looks it's not out of fashion it's very cool and i've worn it a few times over the years it was a david pond does he is he even still a designer i don't even know but I, that's what i'm wearing today and i feel quite special actually it's quite elegant actually i'll post a picture of it on socials and yeah i'll tag this episode And you can have a look and think, wow, who even does that? My partner said, what you should be more proud of is that you can still fit it. And I said, hmm, well, that's probably quite true. Anyway, why do we get caught with perfectionism? And I think a lot of it nowadays, maybe not in the past, but I think more so nowadays is because of social media, but societal pressures, societal pressures have always been around you know, we were bombarded with images of the perfect body, the perfect life, the perfect everything. And I I believe that now with social media, you know, we use filters for our photos, we only post the best stuff. And that means that we sort of show a flawless life. And in the past it was only really for celebrities, but now it's for everybody to be able to do. And it's blooming exhausting. Isn't it? Do you find that exhausting? Because none of us are perfect. I mean, I don't ever post a bad photo of myself, to be completely honest. I use the Paris filter actually on Instagram, but I suppose the real question that I'm asking is, does that make you feel not perfect? Because you've seen everyone else putting up their images or videos on what we call, what I call fake book, not Facebook, because I do know that we just put our best stuff up and it's not our real life. We all live lives that have so much imperfection. We all wake up with, you know, wrinkly squished up faces and colds and acne and rosacea and, you know, that's just with our face. We nobody looks perfect. But for years and years the media have been, what's the word, showing us, pushing in front of our eyes that models and people like models, famous people are perfect. And so that gives us like an idealation that we want to be like that. And we really don't, do we? Do we really? So when it comes to perfection, are there things that you don't do because you don't believe? And I suppose in this case, we're looking like we're saying you don't believe you look good enough or even you don't post, maybe you just don't post because you don't care. Because I know a lot of people just aren't into that, but I think for people in business, we have to post, which is unfortunate because that's just how advertising is these days. We have to post stuff. And I don't do anywhere near enough. I was doing a little bit more when I first released my book, but just fall into a habit of not doing it. And for me, it's really a time factor, not really imperfection. But uh, I would say sometimes because maybe I think, oh, no, my hair needs doing or I just probably think, yeah, I probably do judge myself. So just know that. It's fake book. We only show the show reels of ourselves. It's not the real stuff. Very rarely you might see somebody post something very raw and real and say, I dare you to do the same. And have you? I remember seeing a while ago. I think my sister did it once, my sister Raewyn. Hello, Raywin. I think she listens. And another person that I knew, they posted just themselves and said, This is me at my age and I love who I am. And I dare you to do the same. I didn't do it, but Just probably, I would have been busy, but I probably wouldn't have wanted to anyway. Would you? So, what about the other thing that why we don't do things, that fear of judgment, worried about what people might think of us? And say, it's say you wanted to write a book, say you wanted to do a property development, say you wanted to go back to school and learn something new, and you think, I'm an older person, you know, I'm in my 30s, do I go back and relearn? I'm in my 40s, do I do that? How do you feel about that? Is there something you don't do? because you're worried about what others may think, because that is a form of perfectionism, thinking that we're not good enough and worrying about what others may think, stopping us doing something. Is that you? What is that thing that you really want to do and are you not doing it? And another reason we can be perfectionists is because we like to have control of everything. And sometimes when our world's out of control, and I can relate to this one, when our world is fully out of control or it feels like it is, maybe maybe we're dealing with a relationship that's something that you can't control. And so we end up picking something we can, and it might be anything, but we will become perfectionists. We become perfectionists so the chaos doesn't feel so chaotic because we feel like we are in control of something. I've actually had this happen a couple of times in my life. And when things have felt very out of control, that's something I go to. And maybe that's because of my personality profile. Maybe that's the type of person I am. I am a high D. I'm a high DI actually, like ridiculously high on both, which means I'm a high captain and a high clown. And so my two drivers are, I have to have fun and I have to be in control. So if I feel like I'm losing control of something, My go-to could be that, and that's something I need to be aware of. And I think I am aware of it. I think as we get older, we get a little bit less carey, as in don't care as much, I believe. So for me, how do you feel? As I say that now, do you feel like there are areas in your life that you think that you are striving for perfection and really you don't need to be, and you're doing it because you're worried about what people may think, or you're doing it because there's other chaos in your world. You know, maybe you're struggling with interest rates right now. And so that's freaking you out. So it makes you sort of jump into, you know, freaking you out financially. So it help, makes you jump into some sort of controlled perfection perfectionist state because that's what can happen. So my goal with this is for you to sort of understand where this might be affecting you and think about how you can fix this. You know, how can you not be a perfectionist? How can you just take on that mindset of 80% done is better than 100% not started? I worked with a coach once, Kat Miller, and she and I talk live on Instagram once a week. It's actually today, Tuesdays we do it. And we just pick a topic and it's usually the topic I've done the podcast on. But she taught me that 80% done is better than 100% not started. Because in the past, my concern was that I had to get it absolutely right. It had to be perfect. And then I just realized it didn't matter. And this was just setting up workflows within my business and a a few other things. But it does not matter. It really doesn't. And once I let go of having to do it perfectly, I was fine. And I moved forward so much faster. It applies to so many things. I even do it when I help people. On the odd occasion, I help people set up a business and I do a lot in the property development space but I work with a couple of people outside of there just usually two a year and I usually say get your website up don't worry about it the only person who's going to take a look will be your mum and it's you know people don't just hunt down a website for the sake of it until you start promoting yourself so at least get it up then you can go back and fix it and I think that's a form of perfectionism well, that's an answer for perfectionism. Do it, get it done, and then go back and fix it. It's kind of like painting a room, isn't it? You can paint a room and then you go back and touch up the bits that you missed or you know, wipe off the bits that went in the wrong place. So that kind of get it done, 80% done, better than 100% not started, I think that's a fantastic rule to live by. The other one is, Our upbringing. Some of us were praised for being good girls. Were you praised for being a good girl? Good girl. The straight A person, the girl who didn't really mess up ever. And if you've been brought up like that, then you set yourself a natural standard that that is your way of being. And that is not necessarily good. So that's a reminder for the mums and the grandmums that we need to praise on effort, not ability. Well done, you tried hard. Because when you say that over and over to a small child, what do they do? They try hard. Every day when my daughter went to school from age five, as she left, I said, see you later, Georgia, be a leader. Those were the words I gave her. Was she a leader? Yeah. She was a prefect, house captain. She was everything at school. She went right to the top. She was captain of the first 11 at the most ridiculous young age. But can you imagine by putting those words into her ear five out of seven days a week every single morning? It just becomes a subliminal message that I gave her. You need to kind of think of that. So when we have little people around us, when we praise them for getting straight A's, we're better off praising. It's not right. We're better off praising them for the effort they put in because don't we want people to make the biggest effort in life? doesn't matter how perfect it is. And that's even this message. It's about the effort that we put in. And what about self-worth issues? Holy heckers. We don't need to earn our place in the world by being without a blemish. We don't. We're actually perfect just the way we are. And we all get blemishes. We all wake up with bad hair days. We all wake up with, you know, the pimple on the side of our face. Doesn't matter what age we are, it bloomin' happens. But here's the kicker. Perfectionism does not benefit us. It's like running on a treadmill and expecting to reach a destination. You're working so hard, but honey, you ain't going nowhere. And we have to think of that, don't we? Where are you going on your treadmill? Absolutely nowhere. So, why why are you trying to reach a destination that's not possible? And that's what perfectionism is. We've got to get off this not so merry, merry go round and roll with the whole 80% done is better than 100% not started. Because you are good enough. You are perfect just the way you are. If you are trying your best, then you are perfect. If you're not, well, then take a look at yourself and find out why not. But excellence is not about being flawless. It's about giving your best. And hurdles happen. Hurdles happen every day. We're all jumping them, running around them, dealing with them. That is life. And there is no such thing as a perfect life. And we often get confused by that or believe there is there is because of what we see thank you to social media or the newspapers or anybody you know we, we see that and we believe it, even though we know we don't believe it deep down we've seen it often enough that we start to believe it we think we're not good enough we think we're not perfect because we're striving to be something that's not really true I mean I know for a fact that people post things on Facebook that aren't true I've seen it many times So don't fall into the trap of measuring yourself against somebody else's benchmark that potentially is not true. So how do we learn to embrace that good enough? How do we do that? Well, what we do need to do is learn to celebrate our mistakes. They're not just oops moments, they're growing moments. We can, one, laugh at ourselves, look at the funny side of things. I know at the time it's not always funny, but we can learn from something and go again. You know, the guy that did the the light bulb, his name's escaped me at the moment, but didn't he try that over a thousand times before it happened? And so many people we know have failed before they succeeded. So many. All you have to do is look at what we call the word failure and think, no, all I need to do is I haven't got it right this time and keep going until you get it right we have to get off that treadmill that doesn't have a destination because we're going to end up just going crazy. So we have to set realistic standards, don't we? Swap, I must not fail, to I will do my best. I've mentioned in the past my two life failures. One was a business, which was painful, so painful. And I've had lots of successful businesses, so don't let that put you off? But I did have one bad one. And it was just, I'm going to blame everyone else, but I really should blame myself. It was timing the GFC, there was just so many things going on at the time and I just wasn't educated enough in what I needed to know. And I trusted somebody who I probably should have not trusted. But anyway, what I learned from that was don't trust everybody and take some responsibility. And I was just too busy and just, yeah, it was messy. But what I'm saying, did it stop me going into business again? No, I had plenty more businesses after that. I had Pilates Studios and manufacturing company and Uh, property management business and gosh probably about five others so many different businesses but that one that really hurt and that was we're going to use the word failure or that I had to learn from we won't use the word failure that's the whole reason for this podcast if I had taken that injury the pain that I felt that imperfection that failure and not done anything I would not be sitting here today so we have to learn to step up step up have a go and don't let I'm not perfect, or the odd, you know, didn't get it right this time, going to have to do it again, don't let that stop you. Go again, set realistic standards, and do your best. We also need to practice self-compassion, because we hear it a lot, speak to yourself like you would your best friend, and that means be kind to them and understanding, how do you talk to your friends, and do you do that with yourself? Not just that. Do you celebrate you? I believe that we're all taught to be humble, especially where I am in Australia and in New Zealand, so I'm from New Zealand, but we, we're not allowed to brag. We're not allowed to say the good things we did because people see it as not being humble. And we don't need to squash our, what are our victories, our wins, just to make other people feel better. I think it's great when we have wins and I think it's great when we celebrate them. Interestingly, I was talking to somebody a while ago and they just met me. And they said, oh, my God, I just saw you wrote a book. And I said, yeah, I did. And I was like, I was just so proud of myself. Completing that book was just a really big thing for me. But she made a comment when I said, oh, I was just so proud of myself. And I kind of spewed off a couple of accomplishments. And she goes, oh, and you're humble too. And I thought, oh, my gosh, that was like a real, I'm going to use the word, bitch slap. But it really was. I thought, why would you say that? Why can't people, why can't we celebrate each other? Because if you work hard, like I work incredibly hard to do what I do. If you work hard and achieve something, and I know so many of you do, listening to me right now, so many of you work hard to achieve the thing they want, whether that be a body, whether that be a business, whether you're working for somebody else and you are growing within that industry. Whether you're property developing, whether you're parenting, whatever you do, if you are working hard, go you. High five above your head, give yourself a clap. And it's okay sometimes, no, not even sometimes, it's okay to tell people what you do well because we're all so caught up in our own life that we forget to look at others and say, wow, go you, or encourage. Oh my gosh, we have to encourage others. And maybe when somebody's saying that, they just want somebody else to say, wow, you're doing an amazing job. And maybe that's why I said it that day. It wasn't even that long ago. Oh, it was interesting. Anyway, we're taught to be humble, but I think we could take on a bit of the American stance because they're less humble than us. And why not? Why not you? Why not us? Let's do this. Put yourself out there. High five you. I'd love you to post a Instagram or Facebook post or even jump in the um, Bounce Back Better Facebook group. And tell me something awesome about you that you'd love to celebrate. Remember, it's only women in there who want to celebrate each other. Something that you don't, you know, give me your win. What's your win? Okay, I'm, I'm going to put that in. What is your win? Tell me your win and how good it feels. The other thing we need to do is just watch those shoulds in our vocabulary. We often use the word should and it's somebody else's rule. Kura, shoulda, don't go there. Somebody else's rule doesn't need to be yours. And I remember I used to work for victim support actually many years ago. and so that meant when something bad happened that the police would give me a call and say I was the coordinator, so I'd organize somebody to go and see that person. So maybe it could have been something big, maybe somebody had been killed in a car accident or it could be something like their letterbox was taken. but you never know what's behind any of those things, obviously or even badly injured, let's not say killed, but We can't assume that that's the only thing going on in their life, and sometimes there are a lot of other pressures going on. So what that meant was I would send somebody to just comfort that person or check in on them, and they would do that a few times, and it's just a thing that they do in New Zealand. I don't even know if they do that in Australia. It was a a while ago, but I'm pretty sure it's still around. What that taught me, though, was the should. We don't use should because it's somebody else's life rule, and that actually works here. Somebody else's rule can be causing you to be a perfectionist and you do not need to be one. You live by your rules. Decide what's important for you. Decide the rules you want to live by and do it. So the benefit of ditching the perfectionist mindset, well, you're going to breathe easier. Trust me. Your shoulders are going to feel lighter. You are so going to enjoy life more and your creativity and productivity will soar. Hear that? your creativity and your productivity will soar. You can have more time to do what you want. You'll have more time for connections. You'll have more time for experiences. You'll have more time for happiness. So is there a time when perfection is necessary? Yeah, heart surgery, Yeah, landing airplanes. And yeah, maybe if you're applying for that, one of those two, heart surgery, being a heart surgeon or landing an airplane, well, that's where we can apply the perfection rule. But other than that, We don't really need it in life, do we? Not so much. So let's unlace that corset of perfection and take a deep breath. Ooh, how does that feel? Just do that. Imaginary, unlace it. Reach back behind you. Take a deep breath. (sighs) Life's not about perfect moments. It's about the real ones. And we all know that. So remember that who you are is just perfect. That 80% done is better than 100% not started. And keep bouncing back better, my friends. Keep it real. So I hope you get a lot out of this podcast as usual. I would love for you to text a friend and tell them how awesome they are. But I'd also love you to share it. So share this podcast with somebody you think might enjoy it this week. Somebody who you think, hmm, check out this chick. She knows what she's talking about. Or just somebody who you think might need that daily dose of inspiration. Thanks, my friends. I will be back next week with something amazing, but I'll look forward to chatting with you then. Love you all. Bye.